Foodie Films is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Hey there, foodie fans, and welcome back to another episode of Foodie Films. Of course, this is your host, your chef de cinema cuisine, Kyle Reinfried. What's going on? What's happening? How are you? Foodies, I'm going to jump into today's episode in just a second. I got a great guest. But first, uh, you know, I usually record these cold opens after I uh, record the episode, which is exactly what's happening right now. And we're talking, I'm talking with guest Dave DeSantis, the movie Waiting Today. But I would be remiss. If I did not have my dear friend, my co-host of P.S. I Love Hoffman, P.S. I Still Love Hoffman, and host of High School Slumber Party, Brian Rodriguez, to join me. Welcome, Brian. Thank you, Kyle. I love being on Foodie Films, and I'm excited for this episode for a lot of reasons. Waiting is, for whatever reason, an important film to me. And your guest, uh, he was one of the Keanu Hot Dog Challenge people, so respect that, too. Yes. So, well... That that's the thing. So it, well, so is this film important to you, or is it specifically well. <laughs> like? Well, that's the whole thing. This movie is ridiculous. Last week <laughs> I covered, or the last movie I covered was Clerks Two. Now we've got Waiting Two, uh, lack of a better word, raunchy, foodie comedies. But uh, the, I mean, specifically, it's Luis Guzman who is just usually an MVP, or just brightens up any movie that he's ever in, particularly this one. Absolutely. No, I mean, I love Luis Guzman. Big fan. I mean, he grew up on the Lower East Side. My mom grew up on the Lower East Side. I saw him a couple times on the Lower East Side growing up. Not like we were bros or anything. But um, in terms of, like, is the film important to me? No, of course not. I didn't didn't work in a restaurant. It's very silly. But I have a soft spot for it because 2005, did it come out in the summer? I'm not sure, but... I know we were. Feels like a silly summer comedy. Yeah, I think we were going into college. Some of the last times I saw, like, my. Not ever, obviously. I'm still friends with you. But some of the last times I saw my high school friends before going into college. That's at least what it feels like. Um, So I know it was around that time. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Luis Guzman, Ryan Reynolds. This is an awesome film. Um, Wait. Yeah, it's a it's a comedically stacked. It's a pretty impressive cast, and Justin Long in there as well, Anna Faris. Anna Faris. This is again a film that, for whatever reason, and we've talked about this a lot. Like, 
when I bought this DVD, I watched every single special feature on it. I used to do that with all DVDs, you know? So I remember uh, in the background of the special features, they were saying how Anna Faris was originally cast as, I'm sorry, I don't know her name, the other blonde one. <laughs> and then they're like, wait a minute, Anna Faris is great. This is a better character for her. And they switched it up. Like, there was all this kind of stuff. I remember in it, like, Justin Long, like, he felt like he was being typecast as, like, nerdy roles, so this was a role he really wanted to take. A lot of, uh, you know, a lot of cool stuff in it. Um, But uh, I kind of know why you asked me on. Yes, and so there is a line, and, and again, since I recorded the episode already, I play the full scene, so we're just, we're gonna, we'll play the specific line, and, and I say in the episode, uh you know, how much it, it means to us. But nonetheless, you'll learn it first now. The line is, well, Brian, do you want to go ahead and say it? Well, a little context here. Okay, a little context. Yeah, you're, you're, the- you're better at that than me. <laughs> Back in the day, for whatever reason, I used to say this line all the time that I got, I think, in my mind, really, really good at it. But I'm so out of practice, so... Don't judge me. Please don't judge me. It's like something we've talked about with karaoke, too. You and I used to be able to belt those tunes in karaoke. I think you still can, but, like, I am just so out of practice that when I get there, like, it hurts. My voice hurts, so I'm going to give it the old college try. I wasn't able to watch the clip in practice, so this is off memory. Not the old high school try? (laughs) True. The old high school try. Good call. Good call. (laughs) I might have to do a couple runs and you cut them in, whatever, Kyle. It's up to you, but let's see. That that's fine. Come on, you can't mix Mexican and continental. I thought you better than that. <laughs> what, Honestly, it? you na- you nailed it. Okay, I think you nailed <laughs> it. Okay, okay, then <laughs> keep that one in. Fine. Uh, I I guess I had one in me, but that was one of two. I used to say the other one. Yes, the, there's well, there's a couple. Yes. There's a couple for me. There's a couple, say. but he's got two amazing, like very food driven lines, <laughs> and so pl- please, I believe I know which is the next. Well, the next one, I, again, I don't remember the exact line because I haven't seen the film in a while, but it's something along the lines of his girlfriend is like, "Oh, you know, what's wrong with you? You treat me like a piece of meat," and he's like, "Come on, baby, you're my piece of meat." Your prime rib. You know, I love that. (laughs) And then there's also one that, like, when he's teaching him, it's also food. Obviously, everything in this film is food related, but he's teaching him, like, the positions and that penis game they play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and he takes the chicken and he's like, it's for the bat wing. And he's like, what you want to do? You want to take the skin and spread it real tight, like paper. And you see, it looks like a bat. Like, I'm not going to do the whole thing with that, but you know, like, I just distinctly remember him saying, like paper. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's great in this. And and you know, another person who's great in this, like, I think his name is Chi McBride, something like that. He plays. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. He wasn't on, like, I feel like he's been in a lot of TV. Yeah, he's done. Um, he's done a lot of TV. I remember him it, from. Uh, there's like a Will. Ferrer. I think it was a high school show, wasn't? Wasn't he Boston something or? Oh yes, yes, yes. Boston Public. That's where he got. Boston re- Public. I want to say Boston guy. Legal, but I obviously knew that wasn't like. <laughs> it might be in the same yeah, universe. Boston. I don't know. I know he's in Gone in sixty seconds as well. But he, oh yeah, he's awesome in that. But yeah. he was also in um, one of the greatest shows never to get really a long run ever, uh, Pushing Daisies, which is like. On the level 
It's on the yeah. level of like Firefly and Arrested Development before the reboot, right? Of things that like, oh, if the show only got a chance, so ahead of its time kind of thing. And, and he was on that as well. But he's cool. But again, I don't want to steal the thunder from your episode. I'm glad I was able to somewhat land the Luis Guzman. He's the man. We've <laughs> talked about him so much on P.S. I Love Hoffman as well in his P.T. Anderson film, so... Yeah, I feel like I definitely eventually. I I need to uh, maybe the next time I have you on, we'll we'll find like a a specific scene that he's in in Boogie Nights because his character is kind of like food centric in that movie. He's got the club. Oh, true. Yeah, and he and they plays the bartender in the pornos. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> he's just he's just amazing, and I just know that that's like always. Uh, you know, you've been on. A, you know a few episodes already i know we you know i know you know and then i know what other films i want to have you on for but again i i would have been a little it would have felt a little weird if you weren't part of this one just because those lines are just something that we'll just say to one another every once in a while and i well, love it so i appreciate it i appreciate the chance you were just on my show high school slumber party for big time adolescence that was that was so much fun i that was a very pleasant surprise i can't say i mean it's not like i've necessarily been well what i was on the kissing booth right is that the name of that one or the yeah kissing... yeah yeah I mean, no, no no actually you only um like kind of guessed guessed at your opinion oh you that was a yeah. yeah oh i remember now yeah exactly it was like a but, cold open like this yeah no so i was gonna say like there there haven't been like any films that i didn't enjoy discussing or not, not enjoy, just enjoy watching. Uh, and they've been a wide we, range, like Let It Snow, remember? Yeah, exactly. And then The Substitute. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, this 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 one, uh, it's what, a Hulu, or, got, you know, at least got picked up by Hulu yeah. after uh, certain festivals. And Pete Davidson, you know, he's got, a, he's got the King of Staten Island coming out soon. So he's just he's just on a roll right now, I feel like. Absolutely. I've been on a huge Pete Davidson kick. You know, I finally watched the stand-up. I watched his old stand-up. I uh, watched this really long interview with him. It was an hour long. And he really does interviews with, like, uh, Charlemagne the God, who's, he's like a big hip-hop guy. Um, but I know he's friends with Pete Davidson. And, oh, my God, the guy is just, like, he's a genius. He's really misunderstood. You watch it and you just, like, want to cry because he's just... He's in a very, you know, he's a guy with a lot of issues. I mean, and he's still really young. 26, 26. He's still, you know, that's I mean, that's what 7 uh years younger than us and like 20 and then to like to have gotten that fame and just being thrown in, you know, the deep end of youngest SNL castmate since Eddie Murphy. Imagine those Crazy. shoes. Imagine yeah, those shoes, exactly. You know? Yeah, I um, think he bring when you sent me a couple of his old weekend updates, and I think he was he brought it up on there, right, or something, some, something. Uh, yeah, like that. I, I think One so. Um, just again to struggle the way this guy struggled with addiction and depression, and you know uh, so many other disorders I can't even name, and Crohn's disease, and to have your father die in nine eleven, you know. Not to a mention, lot of heavy stuff. Yeah, not to mention all like this media hating on him and literally like. Ariana Grande fans or other kinds of fans like hating on him. And it's a, he said something interesting in this um, interview. You know, he doesn't seem like terribly happy with Saturday Night Live. He seems very grateful to Lauren Michaels. But um, 
you get the sense that he doesn't feel welcome by a lot of people. And, you know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. But he, he's like, I don't know what side they're on sometimes. Um, you know, because even when I'm not there, when I'm in rehab, they're mocking me. And he's like, I get it. I respect it. That's the comedic, pr- comedian's process. Yes. But definitely. it still hurts. He's like, but it still Oh, hurts. of course. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, when you've got, yeah, when you're depressed and I'm sure, you know, in, insecure, that's got to, that's got to take a, you know, a pretty heavy toll. So. Yeah. I mean, again, we had a blast talking about it. And I, I hope everyone who watches it, um, watch this guy's gonna do something really dumb and i'm gonna feel like an idiot for saying this but <laughs> i hope everyone who watches the film hopefully listens to our episode on high school slumber party and you know maybe researches him a little bit more before hating on him because i i just think he's bound to do some really really brilliant things he already has but he, he said his dream is to just leave acting and just write and direct. Like, that's the one thing he wants to do. And I really can appreciate, you know, artistry like that. So I know that was a long plug for our episode. But, I mean, like you said, I had a blast. You said you had a blast. And, you know, that was a surprise film. The surprise film of the season for me so far. Yeah. So definitely, guys, check that out on cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me, the place, the network where you get so many terrific shows, including High School Slumber Party, this one, Foodie Films, are... Uh, project PS I love Hoffman PS I still love Hoffman so uh, and so so many other shows so anyway well Brian thank you very much this was the first having someone join me on a cold open and and actually just you you had joined me on stage re- well that was a while ago in person uh, you know on stage in Yonkers before the episode with John uh, Rubo the uh, the founder of Yonkers Brewing Co. So I, I like this. Maybe this will become like a new like check in with you kind of thing. I mean, I'm always willing. I like it too. I I just listened to your episode today. Actually, um, you know, we definitely we definitely had some beer in us at that point. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, yeah, I definitely listen to me. Like I'm by no means am I a professional interviewer to begin with. But I, I, I think I even made comments during the interview of just like, oh, how heavy is this porter? Like, you know, just, <laughs> the toll was taking its way with me. So. You know, maybe we'll re- redo that part. But I mean, I had fun. It was a blast. That's a great episode as well. But the, I bring it up, too, because I feel like a different person when I'm the guest from when I'm the host. When I'm the host, there's a million things running in my mind. Let me get this in. Let me get this in. Let me get that in. When I'm here, I can just relax. I can be myself. And like I said, I appreciate the invite, and I'm looking forward to your episode today on waiting. Well, without further ado, guys, thank you again, Brian. And here I go talking with Dave DeSantis. We're talking waiting. I love you got a Coors Light shirt, and I'm drinking a Coors Light. Ah, so perfect. There we go. Perfect, bro. <laughs> it works so Meant well. to be, man. I was, I was drinking. I should have, I should have got another beer. I was drinking a local beer before. It's called ha- Ham and Cheese from 908 Brewery. So it's nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, I heard. I heard. Um, uh, your buddy that owns the coffee shop and uh, or the, yeah. the 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 coffee like food truck. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, Evan. Yeah, yeah. And you guys were talking about like breweries out there and everything because we're on opposite sides of uh, of the country. I know, but this I'd is, be really curious to try some of that stuff. It sounded you guys were talking it up. It sounded good. Yeah, there's. I mean, Jersey City only has one brewery, Departed Souls, but it's a great brewery, and they do a lot of gluten free beer that, I like. I mean. 
as far as you know pastas and breads i'm not a gluten-free kind of guy but the yeah. beer it's it's delicious and i can't tell the difference so yeah yeah i guess that's good for gluten-free people but. <laughs> <laughs> well uh dave why don't you i'm, I'm so excited to have you on thanks man uh, happy to be here try, yeah um why don't you just for the foodies out there tell them who you are what what you're doing all that good stuff so um, I'm a video producer by day and a home chef by night. And my, my wife and I started a, a little pop-up kitchen. Unfortunately, we started right before quarantine happened. So oh, okay. we did one dinner. Yeah. And then the following month, I got really sick, which we got the antibody test and it, it wasn't COVID. All but right. uh, <laughs> we weren't able to do it the second month. And then the third month, we were in quarantine. So um, yeah, the whole concept is basically uh recipes and you know stuff that's influenced me and every menu every month would was supposed to be different so that's cool that's exciting yeah and i think you and i actually connected from like a roy Choi tweet and our first menu was very like heavily roy Choi inspired was it the one where i asked roy Choi what i should do with the little frida meat was yes. it that one? I don't know. I'm always tweeting at him. But yeah. 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 So yeah, I think, I think that's exactly what it was. And that was a couple yeah. months ago. And, um, yeah, you know, I, th- I think food is a cool thing because it really brings people together and yeah, exactly. Look what it did. Yeah. You, and you, I mean, I think even more so when this whole thing is done, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not professionally trained at, at all, but I've taken a, a few classes here and there. I worked in restaurants from the time I okay. was 15 until, uh, I don't know, maybe nine years ago so i i'm familiar with the industry and i've always loved it and i loved you know being in the kitchen and working with chefs and trying stuff and and all that so kind of taking a piece of that and bringing it into our house and trying to feed people is kind of what what i'm all about right now so that's awesome i'm really interested in pop-ups and all of that because number one it's just not that it's simpler, but it's definitely more accessible and can become, I mean, you know, like if you're doing it one day a week or even every other week, yeah. you know, at, at like, a, whether it's at a farmer's market or a brewery, right? Th- that's what, that's what those are, are great for. Actually, my, my friend, Brian, the, uh, I was telling you before we started recording my uh, co-host from PSO Love Hoffman, his cousin lives in uh, Dallas. And I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna have him on for an episode. But uh, he was awesome. I went down to Dallas. It was the second time, but we went down two about two years ago, and he showed us around. And there's a great brewery scene down there. Oh yeah. But he's um, him and Brian. They're 100 percent Dominican. And so when uh, Michael moved down to Dallas a little over, I think three years ago, there's no Dominican food, and. Uh, so he was really craving it. So he asked his mom for her recipes and just different family members for recipes. And he started perfecting it. And just like, he's very, he's very business savvy yeah. and just went like, well, there's clearly a market for it. Yeah, and he found a niche. Yeah, exactly. He found yeah. a niche. And so he started like perfecting like empanadas and then he was getting everything. He just really started, you know, like his, I love his whole, his hashtag is I am not a chef. Like he's very, <laughs> about it, you know like uh like in his mission statement he's like i wanted to be you know like yeah i have no training i didn't work in like anything these are just family recipes that i've been working on and been missing this whole time in dallas and uh yeah and then he started doing like everything in line to get it ready for 
his company and which is picadera which means uh, street food in spanish nice and uh but then all this happened but then he started making these tres tres leches cupcakes and people started ordering so many of them and he's just making them in his like you know apartment or condo's kitchen yeah (laughs) (laughs) and uh but then he just started doing i think he's done i think four pop-ups at breweries down in dallas and so it's really exciting stuff and stuff that's inspiring to me because my my food history for the most part as far as working in it is working at a deli so i'm just like sandwiches are my thing yeah and like i definitely am always thinking of like maybe doing some kind of sandwich setup somewhere that's that's always been a a dream of mine too and i grew up in the bay area and i live in southern california now and and that's one thing that southern california is lacking there's like no good delis i mean there's like a couple yeah no cow versus socal go (laughs) well dutch crunch like do you guys have dutch crunch out there not to my best uh not what is yeah what is it oh my god all right dutch crunch yeah dude okay so it's like it's a it's a really soft, like French roll, basically. Okay. But the top has a rice flour and uh, sugar, like mixture that you, they put on it and they bake it. And when they bake Ooh. it, it kind of breaks apart. Okay. And it's this like crunchy outside, super soft, fluffy, pillowy interior, and it's like a San Francisco thing. Like it's very rare to find it anywhere else. I mean, you guys are like the kings of sourdough. Yeah, just... this is right up there. This is right yeah. up there. Yeah. Just some nice nice uh, clam chowder and the, yeah. uh, I don't know, I did a Boston <laughs> accent, but I love a good harbor town. I'm all about harbor towns. This summer, I want to do like the whole north. I've never been up to Maine. Uh, oh, so yeah. like, I, I, want, I want to do, like I go out to Long Island a lot and the North Fork, there's a bunch of vineyards. That's fun. But I want to do like Rhode Island and I want to go up to Maine this summer because I'm not going to be... If we're even like, you know, if that's even feasible, but yeah, well to, to touch on, on what you were talking about before about pop-ups and, and Dallas and everything, like I kind of feel like the way that things are trending is when we do start to open up, I don't think that people are going to be, at least not me and a lot of people I've talked to aren't going to be super eager to go to a crowded restaurant with a bunch of people. No, even, even not if they're doing... Well, not even if they do the, uh, you know, what thirty percent, forty percent max filled yeah. or whatever. It's but then there's still no gonna, vibe. <laughs> yeah, there's no vibe, and then it's still gonna feel a little awkward, taboo at first. Yeah, and so yeah, I'm curious about that. Yeah, I mean, I I think now is the perfect opportunity for like like your buddy's doing, and you know what what I'm hoping to do, and I I have a a friend down here too who. Uh, who was the executive chef at a restaurant in Laguna Beach, and he left to kind of pursue his own thing, and he was making meals at home and doing, like, deliveries or pickups, like, two days a week or three days a week before all this happened. Okay. And he was doing catering on the weekends, and now he can't do catering, so he's making food for, like, 20, 10 to 20, 20 meals every day that are getting picked up, and he's doing it six days a week now. Like, wow. All right. so I yeah. think like the, the business model is going to change. I think there's like, there's room for people to try something new and kind of doors will open for people like us that want to open a deli or want to, you know, do something different. 
Yeah, I mean, just to see how some of these, I mean, people that I've had on uh, on the podcast, how they've had to adapt. And in the in the argument of sandwiches, that's what the chef Robbie Felice, really young, exciting chef in the area. He was, uh, I know he didn't get to the next process, but he was nominated for uh, like a young James Beard Award. Awesome. Um, which is like one of the, f- no, one from, no one from New Jersey, unfortunately, made it to the next step in this round. It's been a while since we had one here. But um, but he has two restaurants in in Jersey, in North Jersey, and the one he like changed up the menu. He's still doing certain dishes, but he started making sandwiches there, like high end sandwiches. Yeah, it's an t- Italian restaurant, so like high end. Like he's all about like like he said on the episode that he was on. He goes to the farm and he picks out the pig, and like that's only three days ago that he picked out that pig that you're eating. Like yeah. so, he's all about you know farm to table and all that and so his sandwiches are legit but it's just you know that's kind of what people want and feel comfortable also ordering right now and yeah you gotta and you gotta look at the food like i want to support as many people as possible even though i mean i'm <laughs> i haven't worked in like two months now but uh but i want to you know i want to support people but at the same time there's certain restaurants i'm like i want to eat there i don't want to like order the food and then yeah, it's, not it's not like you know, like I, you know, the the integrity is compromised. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I feel you, man. I I feel bad, but you know, there's just some places that you want to eat there. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm finding, and I I mean, I don't I don't want to sound like a food snob, but like before all this happened, we were having more fun going out for drinks than we were food, and I don't okay. I don't think that like in our area because we're sort of like inland from the beach. And it's very like developed. Like there's not a lot of culture out here. Like, right. you know, not a lot. There's no like mom and pop shops or restaurants and stuff like that. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, you know, not in the sense of like, you know, going into Manhattan or, or, you know, Queens or something like that. And there's like these places that have been there forever. Um, yeah. Those staple places. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I have more fun cooking at home and experimenting. And I feel like it's like, I've kind of leveled up a little bit in the last couple of months. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I, lo- I was looking, I was flipping through Instagram the other day and I was looking at some old photos and I was just looking at the progression. I'm like, wow, dude, like the last like couple of weeks, like really, yeah. it's really looking good. I'm trying to, I'm trying to work on my plating. That's like the next, uh, you know, yeah. I can conceptualize dishes and then I'm pretty, I have a pretty good, you know, just like, instinct for certain you know flavors that should go together but then like i just need to take it to the next step or i just want to get into things like i would love to be like yeah i'm good at making sauces i'm a saucier like yeah. that's just like i don't want to be like in my you know in like another life or whatever in my dreams it's not even like i want to be a head chef i just want to be a kick-ass saucier <laughs> like, <laughs> dude that's know, just that's as important it is just as important if, not, can, if like, not more you know, you could yeah exactly you could argue like if it, even if like the piece of meat isn't cooked exactly the way you want it if you have a killer you know a killer sauce on that yeah that'll you know that'll carry it yeah That's, for yeah. sure for sure yeah what i what i found uh i think the turning point for me in like taking food photos was a couple months ago uh, my buddy's bachelor party and one of my best friends came down from san francisco we went to palm springs and okay we stayed at this cool little Airbnb on a golf course and we just cooked all weekend. And that's awesome. Yeah, dude, it was so much fun. And my buddy, like he's very artistic and he's actually my, my co-host on our podcast, um, on the after hours podcast, but, uh, he, uh, he's really, really creative. He's a UI 
UI UX designer and he's got mm-hmm. a really good eye. And so he did all my plating and he plated dishes that I had already made and they looked like 30 times better when he did it. <laughs> and I was like, dude, how, how are you doing that? And he's like, well, plate one to eat and one for photos. And I was like, oh. The food I, porn shot. Yeah, I learned all dude. about it when I, I, I worked on a season of Top Chef and that was like. Was oh, really? Cool. It was all. It was. It was a long. I peaked at twenty three years old. I'm thirty three now. Uh, it was like <laughs> one of the first. <laughs> it was like one of the first gigs I worked on. Uh, it was the eighth season. It was an all star season of Top Chef. Nice. A lot of the, any anyone. Well, if there's repeat listeners, you've heard a lot of these stories. But it was a it was a fun season, and I got to work with the culinary department a lot. So got to try some of some fantastic dishes that were cooked on that show. So that was a cool experience. Yeah, we've been we've been binging MasterChef, and so nice. being being like you know into film and production and stuff, I'm always like curious. Like I watch a movie and look at where they filmed it, and you know look at the behind the scenes stuff. I'm always curious about that. So finding yeah. those like those little nuggets of information about like behind the scenes of uh, of MasterChef. Like one of the things was whenever they taste the dishes, they're cold because there's so much, yeah, there's so, so much prep that like comes in between, uh, yeah. like setting up the shots and all that, you know. Um, but yeah, I, and I, also people are stepping in, like when they're in between things, the culinary department is going in and dabbing and making sure it's staying as close to what the chef brought out there. Like that's right. what people are, you know, aren't seeing too. Yeah, it's photo ready. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, dude, I, I, I think all that stuff really in, inspires. And uh, I, it's funny that I never thought to like plate something separately. Like, cause I, I, I cook and I'm hungry. So I like, <laughs> yeah, cook exactly. To eat, and then I'm like, oh, I got to get a photo really fast and it doesn't turn out good. And now I'm like, okay, I'll eat this, but I'll take a picture of this. You sure. Know? Yeah. Exactly. So, that, that works. Little tip. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so you grew up in the Bay Area? Yeah, just south of San Francisco. Um, I was born there. I lived in Seattle for a little bit and then finished high school and um, like halfway through high school, moved back to, to just south of San Francisco. Cool. So when like growing up, like what were you eating? Who was cooking? Um, so growing up, my my mom um, was vegetarian. So ah, all right. she would and she wasn't the best cook. Uh, she's but, she's gotten better now but i think part of that is because she's <laughs> she's like she's eating shrimp and she's she's opened her palate a little bit okay uh, but was she a vegetarian okay with cooking meat dishes no so she would make, no so okay yeah, she would make like like dishes that your mom would make but like vegetarian versions like she'd make meatloaf but it was like ground vegetables uh, molded okay. into a meatloaf and there wasn't enough ketchup in the world to, <laughs> to make that like even edible. Uh, I love you, mom. But um, the one thing that she did make that I that I enjoyed was she would do a uh, like veggie carbonara. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that was always good, and she would do BLTs with like the the Morningstar Farms bacon, and that was tolerable. Yeah, it was yeah. bad for a second. I was like, "Oh, with turkey bacon." Oh wait, no, turkey's no, in meat. Like, turkey's I was just... <laughs> turkey's... <laughs> well, it's funny, dude. My wife's vegetarian, so um, oh, okay. So that sometimes it doesn't present a challenge like for me cooking, and in fact, it's not a challenge in a bad way. Like, it's fun to come up with creative ideas. Like, I've been making these butternut squash tacos that 
when I make tacos for my, I'll make like those for her and then meat for myself. Mm-hmm. And then I'll end up eating the squash because it's like, it's way better, you know? Yeah. Uh, Have you attempted your own veggie meatloaf yet? No, I don't think that's on my list. That's not on my bucket list. <laughs> yeah, man, I made a good salad just yesterday. I wanted something like flavorful and like, I don't know, just even color vibrant, but springy feel. So I did yeah. avocado, uh, tomato, chickpeas, red onions. Oh, yeah, I saw that parsley olive oil red vinegar salt pepper that was yeah yeah good yeah i I, i'm finding that like simple is better i i try to i've overcomplicated many many dishes and you know big fan of the kiss system keep it simple stupid yeah Yeah, i know my my dad tells me that all the time (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i think i think uh george uh Moats said it on on an episode. He's he's America's burger ep- uh, expert, and he was like, "Yeah, just keep it simple, stupid. You know, it's, yeah, you, know, you don't have to go crazy with your burgers. You know, you can have delicious, you know, ramen crunchy bun burgers and stuff like that. Oh, I've tried that, but you know, and he yeah. he hates he hates mac and cheese burgers. He's like, why are you putting you're putting the pasta? You got the bread already. He's like, just keep it simple. You know? Yeah. Well, I dude, I will tell you that. Um, when I make a burger, I, I'm like ketchup, mustard, mayo, pickles. Like I'll that's it. I don't need like, yeah, there's, you know, there's places you go and you get this like duck confit, like, which actually <laughs> with my buddy who, uh, who I was talking about this doing the deliveries, he, that was his creation and it was really good. But like, it's sometimes it's too much, you know, you've got like the, the yeah. bake, bacon jam, which I know you enjoy. Um, Big fan of the bacon jam. Yeah, I actually did that for breakfast yesterday. I was thinking about you, but uh, Aww. yeah, <laughs> yeah, you inspired, bro. Inspired. Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, I I love like a standard. I mean, like you know, good like like a cheeseburger deluxe, just so like you know, cheeseburger, lettuce, tomato, onion, and maybe if I want to put make it a bacon cheeseburger deluxe, but it's just like you know, a, to- a toasted sesame roll, and then I'm I'm pretty simple. I usually just put ketchup. Do you like the uh, potato buns? Potato buns, yeah. But like sometimes, sometimes those are too small, and I want to make like a bigger burger. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's not hearty depends. enough. Yeah. Yeah. But those are I do love those. Though. I love good potato rolls. They're like the little the little Hawaiian ones and you can make like little Cubanos and stuff like that. Just... Oh yeah. That's what I had for dinner tonight. Not a Cubano, but I, uh, I did, I sous vide a six ounce tri-tip for seven hours and nice. yeah. I did uh yeah, dude, I cut it real thin mayo, tomato, pickle, and, um, I mandolin some red onion and it, it was, there you go. <sighs> you into really the sous vide? Yeah, I, I, I haven't been doing it quite as much, but when I first got it, it was like every single thing that I would make. And my friends would make fun of me. Like they'd come over for dinner, like, oh, what are we making? And I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm going to do it before I could even finish. Are you going to sous vide us? Are you going to put us in the the water bath? Come on, man. No, I love it. I think it's, it's, I think some people think it's like a a get out of jail free card. Because it's kind of foolproof, but yeah, but you still have yeah, to know what you're doing. You have to know what you're doing, and it's just like I don't know. It adds like a different, little different dynamic to you know. You're, it's a conscious, you know, decision and effort to go ahead and do that versus I mean, whatever else you want to do, whether it's baking or 
grilling or whatever. Well, smoking is a, smoking, yeah, exactly, a long, yeah. long cook too. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I I love it. I think it's I it like you said. It adds a it adds a layer, and it's sort of a a showstopper too. If you have yeah. people over, <laughs> you cooked this for thirty six hours. Like people are blown away. It seems like something that like is at least more people are doing now. It's been around. Well, for yeah, it's because now it's it's more uh accessible like since anova came out with like i think they were the one of the first yeah ones. yeah and that's the the residential like because the the restaurant ones are huge like they're yeah they take up your entire counter it's like those and then the air fryers now are a consumer yeah. level you know <laughs> do, do you air fry uh i don't have one but my girlfriend does and but i think it's her roommates where my girlfriend she's moving in to my place in uh a couple of weeks. Nice. So yeah, yeah, big big step. First Better time. Clean up. First. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for that. Just it's gonna be a new cooking adventure, like meal prepping with somebody, you know, and all that. Kind of, yeah. All the stuff that comes with that. Do you do meal prep, like weekly? Uh, not. Sometimes it depends on like if like a certain you know because I'm a freelancer, so it depends on like if I've got a gig that. Um, that I know certain days or certain hours or whatever, yeah. then I'll do that just so I can come home and there's something ready. Otherwise, I I, I normally like I frequent the supermarket. And I just buy groceries like here and there. Yeah, because that's I like deciding almost the day of like yeah I feel like making this today. So dude, I'm not, I'm the same way. Like I we tried meal prepping. We did keto for like two months roughly, and. It was like a recipe for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and it was so like restricting. Like, mm, yeah, I I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither, man. Especially by my food, you know. <laughs> so I don't know. I like to think of something on a whim and just you know, oh, I'm gonna run to the store and grab that. Now it's a little bit harder because going to the store is like a whole thing. Yeah, definitely. Now I've been more conscious of going in and really like i mean making like i've rarely made a, a grocery list i just yeah. i wasn't i was i was the typical and by uh by us we have uh Stu leonard stores where it's like ikea that you just start in one and you just go through the whole maze of it all so it's just like i love going there because you have to pass by everything like i don't i don't frequent a supermarket enough for me to remember what aisle is what <laughs> especially even like by like by like by us like i mean you know like there's supermarkets i feel like if you're a, a shop right or a whole foods like it's not always like every aisle is the same in every store no it's, it's... like they're in different that you can you normally guess where like obviously i mean the produce is usually right when you walk in and you know where the dairy is going to be in the meats but everything else like is kind of always a little different which i find weird like every you know you know, of the same supermarket should be the same way. Yeah. But I, I like, I like Stu Leonard's cause it's like, like I said, it's like Ikea that you just start at one end and you're passing by everything. And then also, you know, I mean, it's a brilliant marketing strategy on their behalf cause I'm passing by everything and I'm going to see more things that way that I might not need. It's a whole store. Um, it's a whole store of impulse buys. <laughs> it is. <laughs> My life is an impulse buy. Uh, <laughs> Me too, man. <laughs> well, um, 
you know what? Let's get into the movie that we're talking today. I feel like, uh, I mean, you're, you're already the perfect guest. You, you work in production and I mean, and you're a foodie and you're cooking a lot. And, uh, this is, this is waiting and waiting came out in 2005 mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it's a little dated. It's hilarious. Yeah. But when rewatching it, I'm like, Oh, First, I'm like, what's this movie about? Like, what's the what, if you're gonna say, what's the plot of Waiting? Um, well, you would think it's <laughs> it's about it's about the the new guy, uh, yeah, coming in to work at a restaurant. But it's really he's sort of the the uh, plot device that makes all, everyone else sort of develop. I guess. Yeah. And then we're also, we, he, he, he is us. We are him, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. We're all experiencing this unless you worked in like one of those kind of restaurants, like a Fridays or this, they filmed in like a Bennigan's or, right. You know, it sounds like like in those places. Yeah. Something like that. But, uh, but even when I was re when I was watching this, you know, for, uh, for this episode, my roommate comes in and he goes, ah, waiting. This is one of my favorites. He's like, man, like me working at a bar, my friends working at restaurants, like this is what happened. And I'm like, oh, dear God. hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. I worked at TGI Fridays for a year and a half. And How much flair did you have to wear? Lots. Lots. <laughs> and, it, you know, we all joked about it, but I'm I no lie, man. There was there was a. uh there was a person that represented everybody in that movie that I worked with. Like, yeah, we had, we had one chick that, um, that we would rotate like the expo line and she was the, I forgot her name, but the dark haired girl that was there for too long and pissed off and just always mad. Naomi. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, That was her. And she, and then she, and then she got pregnant and then she was hormonal and, angry and pregnant and oh that's fun yeah it was it was rough it was rough um but you know what at the same time like the camaraderie like the the party at the end of the movie that was like almost a a nightly occurrence you know what i mean yeah i mean like you look at it monday nights are like you know a lot of bars are industry nights so even like you know bars recognize like yeah we need a night for everyone like everyone that works in food service and stuff like that i love that the movie begins with a party and ends with a party and just like a good ridiculous house party yeah um (laughs) so so like i said this uh this came out in 2005 is a uh i'd say a hard r well is there any i don't think there's any female nudity there's just uh, just just (laughs) balls oh no no i'm sorry no we see there's there's a direct female crotchal shot at the end I mean, it's, is there? There's she shows like her. Oh, un- right, right, really right, right, right. Shaved, like yeah. Naomi, right? Naomi, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a. Uh, this comes back to I'll, Naomi. I'll, I'll quote. I'll quote. I think it's Eugene Levy in like one of the American Pie movies. He's like, you know, we used to call those beavers. <laughs> was, uh, I used to snag a few pelts back in my day. Uh, <laughs> but, like we that's see, right. we see a couple of guys' balls. Um, this is, I mean, as far as a comedy cast goes, especially like of, I mean, even still now, but like of that time, you had Ryan Reynolds, mm-hmm. Anna Faris, 
uh, Justin Long, David, I think you Keckner, I think is how you pronounce his last name. Uh, you know, Champ, Champ from yeah. uh, Anchorman. Yeah. Andy Milanakis, Dane Cook. That's very, you know, that's dating the comedy, but nonetheless. Totally. Uh, Luis Guzman, who is the MVP of this movie. He's uh, just, he's great in everything that he's ever done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, my buddy Brian, he loves, we always quote that line, like, Mexi- Mexican and Continental. You can't mix Mexican and Continental. I thought you were better than that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, babe, you're always treating me like a piece of meat, not just any meat, prime rib. <laughs> like, it's, this, this movie has some pretty, like, quotable quotes. I feel like it's pretty underrated. I th- I think so. Again, I mean, it's there's a lot of homophobic words used, so that's it's funny. The well, last yeah. the last the last movie episode I did was uh, Clerks Two, which came out a year after this, mm-hmm. and it definitely falls into the same category. And, you know, I think also like uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle was right around this time, like oh yeah. four oh five. That's right. Um, so you just had like. Like, you know, kind of like inappropriate food workplace movies. Yeah. And uh, and then just definitely dating themselves with using, you know, insensitive words, either mostly homophobic. But in Clerks 2, there's also like a plot of bringing some kind of racial slur back. I'm not going to didn't say it on that episode. <laughs> won't say it on this one. But uh, well, yeah, they, I mean, just the, yeah. they didn't they didn't know that we'd be where we are now <laughs> no and it's great that we're yeah. we where we are now but this is uh let's see um i mean i think this does this movie does a really good job with establishing and balancing the characters like mm-hmm. it's a good movie in that sense and showing the relationships between cooks and wait staff uh i wrote down just a few things as far as the industry that i was got to laugh at that like i already knew or i heard from other people but just like that pre-rush pep talk Mm-hmm. that uh dan the uh manager gives and then just at the end he's like push the fish like it's about to turn uh <laughs> and then right. the uh the, the mexican and continental comment the uh you know foreigners not being good at tipping mm-hmm. uh just them the whole staff getting together and having to sing birthday to that kid who was like petrified oh it i can tell you that's i mean i've, <laughs> I've experienced every single one of those moments like yeah, you know right yeah share share with us just some maybe like a war story or something like that oh man um well, the, this is kind of morbid, but the restaurant that I worked in, <laughs> I mean, built enough, on an Indian burial ground. And <laughs> I mean, basically like it, so they shut down for a few years because one of the managers was murdered in the office. So, Whoa. yeah. So they, they reopened and I was part of the reopening crew. So okay, they were still like in the process of remodeling and like, I think like enough time had kind of passed that like it people weren't really that weird about it. Uh, and it was they, a Fridays before and it's still a Fridays. Yeah. Well, okay. now it's completely gone, but at the time it was. But the time. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I was part of the, like the, the new crew um, coming in and after a while, like they started like hiring these guys that were like, bartenders but everyone was kind of like a little strange like asking questions and like 
it almost seemed like they had like hired like undercover cops to like come in and work in the restaurant. It was really, really weird. They thought the murderer was going to come back to the scene. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I I guess that's what what they do in some cases. Because there was a few people that worked there before that got rehired. Okay. Um, But like, like all of a sudden, like, like three or four of these guys that we were kind of suspicious about just weren't there anymore. And so everyone was like, okay, maybe there was like something going on there. Maybe they were just a bunch of, they were ahead of their time. They were a bunch of like crime podcasters and they were trying to get the scoopers <laughs> maybe like super undercover <laughs> deep deep cover um but yeah like the the birthday thing was uh i mean i don't i don't know what the the death has to do with anything really i just fun fact i guess um but yeah the birthday thing was constant and uh, people would come in and just say it was their birthday even though it wasn't and, or get a free Sunday or something. Yeah, and we'd still have to do it. Um, but every once in a while, you would get a really cool table that would have like you know fourteen people, and at the very ends, like they'd kind of stay there all night, and you would get your tip, and then they'd say, "Hey, when you clock out, like come and hang out with us." And so we'd sit down and like have drinks with them and stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. And that was fun. But of course, there's always one guy that ruins it for the whole class. And oh. one of the bussers passed out at the bar with his face laid down on the bar and threw, threw up asleep, like, across the bar. Ooh, that's not good. Yeah. yeah, and so after that, we weren't allowed to drink at work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bummer. Um, but yeah, man, there was a, there was a lot of, like, uh, people hooking up, and a lot of people lived together. Like, there was roommates that that all worked together. Um a few months after we opened, my ex-girlfriend got hired as a, a hostess. Oh, that's that's lively. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, like, we kind of became friends again. And then, like, um, she became a bartender, and uh, she, got, she got promoted. You know, she worked her way up the ranks. Um, and then, like, was, like, dating somebody else. And, you know, it's weird emotions like that. But it was very, yeah. like, I mean, it was very much like a family and uh, yeah. somewhat incestual, I guess you could say. I mean, it's, it's definitely, <laughs> they, they covered that in this film between, like, guy, you know, like, it's what? It's uh, Mitch and, no, I'm sorry, not Mitch. Dean and Monty living together. So Justin Long and Ryan yeah. Reynolds. Uh, and then just, obviously, everyone, like, hook, I mean, you've got at least Dean and Amy, and then there's... Uh, and the super young hostess that, yeah. that Monty's trying to get at that's also so there you go that's i wrote i wrote i wrote down some of the subplots which uh let's see uh there's a can't pee subplot you know the guy can't pee um at at work at least there's the you know uh lesbian bartender trying to turn one of the customers uh there's monty wanting to have sex with a minor dan the manager wanting to have sex with a minor uh dean and amy's relationship the whole show your nuts and or uh, dick game. Um, Dean moving on and, uh, you know, for school or promotion. And then Radimus and Danielle. So that's, I love, for some reason, Luis Guzman's name is Radimus. Uh, <laughs> and Dan- Danielle's the other bartender. You, you've never like, met somebody named Radimus? Uh, no, I, I, do, I, don't, I don't live in first century Greece or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh so there's a lot yeah so there's 
because there's then that's almost like what i was trying to get at before like so what's the plot of this film there's just so many subplots that like even you know the the write-up for this movie there there wasn't anything of like substance because it's yeah it's like you just want to say like a day in the life of people that work at fridays exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah um one of the one of the funny things that like we used to do and my my buddy clay would get so mad because i'd do it to him like four or five times a shift but uh you you know you're tucked in your shirt's tucked in you got a belt sure. on you got your suspenders you're like pretty uh pretty suited up and so whenever somebody is like getting sodas and whatever you'd get like a whole cup of ice and dump it down their shirt in the back and uh yeah that was that was always fun i guess that was like the equivalent to uh pulling your balls out there were no ball pulling at games not that I, not that i can remember but it was like 10 years ago so this isn't nice um yeah and just even some of the other industry things that like i was just like the kitchen staff counting down like waiting and then of course that one guy comes in at the end dean's like old classmate uh, and then just the dropping the five second rule mm-hmm. that definitely I feel like exists out there. Yeah, I'm guilty of it for myself. I never did that for like a customer, but there's sometimes like I would drop I don't know something that I would just you pick it up and I would inspect it at first. You know, <laughs> if it's make for sure me. there's no hair. There's... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, rinse it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a couple of trivia things I read for the movie. So Dane Cook improvised everything. Um, I, I mean, that. he doesn't have he doesn't he doesn't have a big role in it. I think his like on screen time is like six minutes or something. That was the height of his career too. Yeah, that was that was really like yeah, two thousand five, two thousand six, like right around there. Yeah. What and, happened? Uh, Where did he, like? Wasn't he accused of by Louis C.K. stealing jokes? Now, stealing jokes or something? That like, is him funny. and like <laughs> him and him and like Carlos Mencia got like in trouble right around the same time like saying that maybe it was Car- i don't know no carlos There's mencia something. for sure and i think yeah. joe rogan called him out uh yeah but i don't maybe dane got yeah there might have been something that sounds familiar but i know he still owns the laugh factory on sunset like he still oh, okay i know he lost a lot of money to i think his brother i think his brother was in charge of all of his money and his brother like lost it all squandered all of it yeah, exactly. Oh my god. Do you have a, a favorite scene or just like any favorite characters or anything like that with with waiting? Um I think the um you you touched on it before the waiting like at the very last minute looking yeah. at the clock and somebody coming in. That like that's so true, man. Like every single <laughs> restaurant I worked at, every yeah. single restaurant and you know, I mean, you have to be nice, but like, I, I think about it now when I go to a restaurant, like we went to Golden Spoon to get some frozen yogurt the other night. Do you guys have Golden Spoon over there? No. Okay. So it's, it's for frozen yogurt. That's sure. all. Um, and it was like 845 and they closed at nine and I still felt bad. And like, I went up to the window and like, I, I and plus <laughs> like everyone's wearing masks. It's just fucking weird. And yeah. I was like. I was like, hey, and like I poked my head in, and, and the girl was like, hey, we're still open. I was like, are you sure? <laughs> She's like, yeah, we have 15 <laughs> minutes. I'm like, okay. like, But I don't know. I, I kind of feel like everybody should work in a restaurant at least once in their life just to or some sort of food service industry because it teaches you a lot about people. Yeah. And I think the people that haven't are the ones that 
will come in when you close at nine at eight fifty nine and want you know a souffle or something like not yeah. realizing like what goes into it but i don't know maybe i'm i'm just being judgy <laughs> no but just i mean working at working at the deli like we would close uh usually at, at at six but that meant like i'm closing and lights are off at six so like if you wanted a sandwich like the latest you could really get one was around five fifteen. And then I started cleaning the slicer and it's usually just one person closing up. So it's like I would clean the slicer and then I would have to like sweep and mop and that kind of stuff. You guys uh, were open that late? Yeah, we're open. We're usually open from seven to six. Yeah. It's oh, also wow. with part, part liquor store. So there was, oh, like, okay. People could like stop in for that kind of stuff, but nice, kids nice. would, kid, it was, it's a small town and kids would stay like after school and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but yeah, like people would walk in, they'd be like, oh, is the slicer clean? I'm like, yeah, like I, I, you know, I cleaned it already. And they're like, oh, like what, what time do you close six? Well, it's only, you know, five fifteen. I'm like, well, and it's a lot, it's, we, it's mostly locals that come in. I'm like, take our number, call me and I'll make the sandwich and then you can come pick it up. But it's like the slicer is going to be clean at five fifteen Cause when we close at six, that doesn't mean like I'm locking the door and then staying in and cleaning. I yeah. am. I'm leaving at six. Yeah, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, but uh, some of the quotes in this movie are definitely ridiculous. Uh, let's see. When uh, Monty, I love Monty showing, uh, oh God, what was his name? There's so many similar names, I feel like. Monty and Mitch. When he's showing Mitch around and he's then telling him about the game and everything like that. And we see Monty's like first day on the job. And he just goes, there, you know, there are a few things in this world more... Uh, more unsettling than going into the back to grab condiments and end up staring at a huge steaming pile of cock. (laughs) This is the, I mean, this is at, at this time, I mean, even he's still doing it, but like Ryan Reynolds, you you know, you had, well, I mean, what's Van Wilder was like, when that came out, it was just like, he was on a different level. He's just, he's very much now like, you know, when people are casting, I feel like they put down Ryan Reynolds type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's such a specific cadence to him. Well, that's why Deadpool was so like jarring because like, yeah. that was when we su- saw that test footage. It just made perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, you wouldn't think like, Oh, superhero, like badass superhero, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Let's, <laughs> let's give him a call. But, yeah, and also because Green Lantern wasn't a big success. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. Uh, I actually had a had a buddy that did. Uh, did you ever see? It was like eight years ago, maybe longer. The um, uh, "Look at Me Now" Chris Brown song, all all done in Family Guy voices. No, <laughs> it was like it was it was a viral video that my buddy made, and he was a comedian, and he did great impressions, and he put it up on like WorldStarHipHop.com, and it went viral like overnight. And he started oh, getting wow. all these calls and like people wanted to cast him and this and that. And um, he did a... Well, I definitely heard you talking about him on your on your podcast because he did... He did Ryan Reynolds. Did... Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's probably yeah. what we heard. Yeah. yeah. So that's, he did that. Yeah. That was that, that little snippet. And yeah. it was so funny, dude, because like that's such an odd impression. I've never heard anybody else do that impression. Because it's just so, it's like almost, he talks almost like on a Captain Kirk kind of level, like that cadence. Like, yeah. It's just a little bit of the punctuation, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's so, like, but it like is. Sexier. It's so different. Yeah, se- yeah, exactly. <laughs> sexier and uh, Canadian-er. <laughs> I think that's a word. 
Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> um, I just think, I mean, again, the, ca- the cast of characters in this, you've got, I mean, between the bus boys of what, like, Theodore Nicholas, and it's just like, you know, I'm Big T, and just like Andy Milanakis yeah. uh, as the one bus boy. Uh, I love the character of Bishop and just giving his, you know, his, his, his advice, uh, just, you know, absorb very close to your surroundings and then think about your life if you were born completely blind. The old wise man. Exactly. The old wise man. And, uh, just, you know, like giving advice for the, yeah, the guy that can't pee and, Mm -hmm. uh, giving advice to, to Dean about what he should do life wise. I didn't, uh, I didn't have anybody, that I could relate to like that at uh, a no. Friday's. But uh, my very first job was a uh, bus boy at my uncle's restaurant. He was uncle by marriage. He was uh, not, not blood. Um, mm-hmm. But he had like, he had some like shady friends that would come and hang out in the back. Like his office was in the back and he had a couch and like he'd, <laughs> he'd, he'd be cooking in the, like in the kitchen and he'd be making like veal marsala smoking a Benson and Hedges menthol. And like, like, <laughs> gave no fucks right and like there was these guys that like hung out in the back that um one guy's name was dan brown not da vinci code dan brown but like okay (laughs) i don't even think that was his real name i think he was like in witness protection or something and like he had like he was very vague about everything like (laughs) but then would give you some like little nuggets of information like bishop esque you know what i mean <laughs> there's there's something about kitchens because even like any party i ever go to or um, or that i'm throwing people just congregate in the kitchen you yeah know? it's the it's common space got, it's just got that vibe to it yeah, yeah. i think uh, i think on one of my episodes uh i was talking you know with with a guest saying like i just want a like the whole, you know, there could be couches and stuff, but I want the room to be like the kitchen. <laughs> like that's just the, the yeah, main room. <laughs> put couches around the island. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's just like, you know, even like, yeah. And then there could be like even multiple islands. It's just like, it's just like everything is very kitchen, but then that, just then. That's a with, cool restaurant concept. With, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's something that, that would probably like, but everything's six feet apart. Obviously. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. What is it? What is it? Is it night of the rock night of the Roxbury where he's just like, where he's got the idea for the club and he's like, I want the inside of the club to look like the, the outside. outside. <laughs> <laughs> you go inside and you're standing in line. Yeah. <laughs> like I said before, um, I, I think uh, David Keckner nails the role of the manager in this movie. When he gives that prep talk beforehand and when he says that it's just like such a like douchey like manager like line of uh the difference between extra extraordinary and ordinary is that little extra (laughs) it's just like what do you what do you think you're doing like are you really gonna motivate (laughs) these workers of yours like you know and and just and trying to get dean like to believe that like making the jump to assistant manager is really the right move it's really gonna change everything i had i had a um I almost got a job at a restaurant like as a manager and I think they were offering me like 35 K a year. And I was like, I think I was like 23 or 24. Yeah. And so I'm thinking like, I go and tell my dad, I'm like, dad, they offered me the job. And he's like, well, what are you making in tips? Like, what do you, you know, we did the math like on average and he's like, yeah, you're making like, 
probably like another an extra 10 to 15 grand more like in tips like with, with what you're claiming you know yeah yeah so i i don't know i yeah i think uh the manager in waiting is is clinging on to like the only thing he's got you know what i mean yeah he's definitely he feels like someone like a character that really rationalizes with himself and is probably just telling himself like yeah i've got a good right now just because he doesn't really. It's yeah. this chain restaurant. It's, I mean, the the name is great. Shenanigans, which automatically <laughs> makes me think of Super Troopers. Hey, Farver, what's that place with all the crap on the wall again? Oh, you mean Shenanigans? Like, I wonder if that was a reference. I, I well, I didn't read in the IMDb trivia, so it can't be. Oh, it's, uh, it must not be. <laughs> this is the Bible. Uh, yeah, I wonder. I wonder if it, it, yeah, that would be. I know. I know they they shot in what was a Benigan. Yeah. You know, I, I, I mentioned it before with the whole uh, Mexican and continental, but let me just, uh, we'll play that scene right now, and, uh, and, then, and then we'll talk about it a little bit more. Wait. Did that waitress listen to a word I said? This steak is medium rare. I asked for it medium, and I wanted extra gravy on my mashed potatoes. Let me ask you something. How hard is your job? How intelligent do you have to be to take a food order? Jesus! Ma'am, ma'am, you're absolutely right, and uh, I apologize. I'm gonna get this fixed for you right away. Good. Now I can finish my salad. Gentlemen, we have our first official biatch of the day. Oh, come on, guys. She wasn't that bad, was she? Well, Amy, it's your table. You decide. She was a fucking bitch. Do it. <laughs> the first thing we do is we add a little extra gravy to the mashed potato. Ah, that's it. Good job, buddy. Good job. Nice one. Followed by a thin spread of cheese for your garlic bread. Some Fromunda cheese. Yeah, make us proud. Fresh from the taint. We like this. Good. Up next, what we're gonna do is... Yeah, have a little guacamole for the steak. Whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing? Come on, man, you can't be mixing Mexican and continental. Come on, man, I thought you was better than that. Have a little garlic salt. Ah! These guys have a deep commitment to their job. Finally, a garnish of alfalfa sprouts adds a touch of class. <laughs> touch of class. To any meal. Yeah, so th- this is the part. I mean, uh, we got a little little clip before they go into the kitchen. This is the really, as the, as they say, I, I love it. They even have, I think they have a check mark. It's like biatches and bastards or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot more biatches with, uh, you know, tally, tallied up. But that woman just, you know, she wanted her steak medium and not medium rare and uh, gravy on the mashed potatoes. And so I love, I love that. Um, I'm not even going to try to attempt to remember people's names now. But, you know, <laughs> but the, the, the blonde waitress like goes in and she's just not having it at all. And like Monty and Mitch go in. And I just, I number one, Mitch's reactions throughout this whole movie and just like how just 
absolutely horrified he is to all reasonably so is just hilarious like well you know know who that is right from freaks and geeks right yeah Uh, which it's so funny because i went back like a few years ago and rewatched all of freaks and geeks yeah and then i was curious i was like i was like i wonder whatever happened to that kid (laughs) (laughs) and then it was like oh yeah he was in waiting and he looks exactly the same yeah i remember seeing waiting in theaters and i guess i didn't see the trailer or maybe just didn't put two and two together but when watching it being like oh man like that's like you know uh what's i wrote down his name it is uh sam no that was his name in freaks no john francis daly so he sounds like uh sounds like a presidential assassin (laughs) assassin (laughs) donald trump was attacked by john francis daly But, uh, so, so, uh, (laughs) but I remember at the time we're talking, so what freaks and geeks was like 99, I want to say something like like that. Maybe it was like 98 or 99. And then, cause undeclared was like 2000. Cause I was, Oh, undeclared. Yeah. Was his two, one season like ahead of, you know, because Judd Apatow obviously very successful and already produced like a bunch of awesome movies from cable guy and heavyweights and yeah uh but then just really hit it with 40 year old virgin in 2005 so it was just like that comedy was just a little too ahead of its time especially yeah. for i feel like tv but now like they would strive so well in the this golden age of tv that we're getting but um especially but remember, with netflix and, and oh yeah just yeah. all the different p- platforms yeah, doors yeah it open. would be it would be perfect for like hulu or netflix or amazon or something like that show like that yeah but I just remember the time. It's just funny because now we're talking 15 years ago. But in 2005, being like, recognizing was uh, John Francis Dowling being like, yeah, what has he been up to? This has been such a long time since he's done anything. <laughs> and it's like, cut to 15 years later. Uh, I didn't look into it. I hope he's, I hope he's doing well. I don't know. Uh, maybe he's... Hey, no, no news is good news, I guess. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so in, in in that scene, I love that they go into the kitchen and just already like seeing the relationship between the wait staff and the kitchen staff and i mean just the, the kitchen staff giving people so much attitude which definitely seems very like them mm-hmm. um but just the whole roman way of it just like thumbs up thumbs down and this biatch got a thumbs down <laughs> and then just them going down the line of just what first it's like a loogie in the gravy and then the fermunda cheese and then we get the great, like, oh, how about so some guac- guacamole for the steak? Yeah, exactly. Everything is just like, <laughs> like, I just can't can't handle it. But like, how about some guacamole for the steak? Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then we get the amazing Luis Guzman, who's just, he's in everything that he's in, like, whether it's, like, not good or whatever. Like, the every. He's always good. On the spectrum. Exactly. He's yeah. just always, anytime he's on on the screen i'm just like yes like yeah he was he was on like i think maybe a season ago of like shameless and shameless is a good show but like i'm like yes like perfect like i love just seeing him pop up in things and that's like what he what i feel like and this is not put down towards him but like i feel like a lot of his career is just like oh yeah like i mean if people don't know his name he's definitely just like very recognizable oh yeah i think i think that's almost better for for a lot of actors like well he's just a really he's a character actor you know yeah and that keeps you working like you're you know you're you're constantly getting parts because you don't have to be like the lead yeah there's always a there's always a spot for you um i remember in uh 
anger management with Adam Sandler. Oh, he's so good. Eskimo seemed nice. Yeah, and he, <laughs> and he had a he had a question mark uh, like goatee. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> that but, was yeah. That was definitely like early on. Like I probably that was probably one of the earlier things. I had to look at his IMDb to be like to figure out what was maybe the first thing I saw him in. But like him in one of my favorite films of all time, a film we covered on PS. I love Hoffman boogie nights like him. Yeah. And he's, and that's, and that's at least his role in it is foodie related. Cause he's got the club restaurant that Jack and his whole crew goes at in that. And it just, I, I love like, just, I love his whole subplot in that. And just like wanting to be in one of Jack Horner's pornos. And he just ends up being like, I think a, a bartender in the, yeah. uh, one of, one, one of Dirk's ones. One of, uh, God, well, I forget. I forget the um the character's name brock no ah it's dirk diggler i know is you know mark Wahlberg's character yeah but then he plays you know like his you know his porn name action yeah his his, like action hero name in as in like multiple porn films but anyway um and then yeah so then after the whole mexican and continental then just like well how about some garlic salt and just scratching (laughs) off the head it's just oh oh no no I'm sorry no the worst is then Dane Cook with the alfalfa sprouts which I won't even yep to top it off yeah to top it <laughs> off but then but then and then this is this is probably you know like I feel like the line that everyone took from this movie and not that it's even the funniest by any means but just Ryan Reynolds going don't fuck with the people who handle your food yeah it's like yeah exactly. Yep. Like I I mean during this whole I mean obviously the restaurants it's you, you don't have your waiters and stuff like that but I'm seeing it even more in like grocery stores like none of these people are asking for it you know like mm-hmm. for they didn't want this like you know it's one thing like definitely hey when it comes to first responders and uh, anyone that works in health service like what they're doing is amazing but they're almost like more mentally prepared or like ready for it in some kind of way versus your grocery store clerks right that who, are like or, going yeah. through this whole learning curve and then people are giving them attitude because things are slower and yada, yada yada i heard some lady at the store the other day she's like she's like yeah i'm i'm resisting i'm not gonna wear a mask this is stupid like this and that i'm just like oh boy this is, this is why i don't want to leave the house yeah, you know? yeah. My uh, my mom was telling me uh, she, you know, she stopped at a Whole Foods and then she went up to the um, like the meat counter or whatever, and there was this guy that wanted like every burger like individually wrapped, and it's like, man, just like have a little bit of hindsight of just like everyone's trying to do something right now and then like you know and and he was on top of the person like no i want it like and don't i only want them going across like you know when wrapping it and they didn't want one on top of the other it's like man just take the meat and wrap it yourself when you get home get out of there yeah yeah exactly what do you why do you want to be in there anymore like you can you can do it at home Uh, you know well i i I think I don't know. I immediately like when when you and I connected on Twitter and started talking. Like I was like, we we if we lived in the same city, we'd totally be hanging out. Like, yeah, <laughs> I think we're we're on the same page. And there's there's people unfortunately that don't see things that way and and see service industry workers as uh, less than or something like that. Yeah, it's like, like think of like servers or servants. You know, right? Like, it's you know yeah. they go home to a family, they go home to to people like you know they're doing a job just like you're doing, and maybe you sit behind a desk, but that doesn't you know there's no difference there. Yeah. I don't know. That bothers me. 
<laughs> the yeah, way no, people def- treat people. It definitely does. Oh, I mean, like in this, when uh, we, when we get the montage of like the first, like it's kind of like the late lunch rush, mm-hmm. uh, and we have you know, we so we, we we got the woman that was being like you know the like the quote unquote biatch, but then there was like the douchey like business uh, dude. Br- well, there was the douchey bros that were like just like hitting on Anna Faris's character. Oh yeah, yeah and yeah. then there was like the redneck kind of like white trashy guy that wants the ketchup on the steak and all that, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, and then I think it, I wrote it down. Yeah, like on a um, on a sixty three dollar bill, he leaves uh, Dean like a dollar ninety one tip or whatever. Like you know, yeah. Like he already was like, "Yeah, hey, I'm probably just gonna get ten percent on this," but he you know only gets like a dollar ninety one. But even in the, do- I feel like we've at least grown. I mean, maybe it's I, I'm not like patting myself on the back. Maybe it's just the people that I, I hang out with. Like I know, like I feel like the norm now is even twenty percent. Yeah, you know, and they're talking in this movie like fifty. I I remember like when being in high school, and then like you know going out with friends. Like that's when my parents were like, oh, if you want to have a meal like with your friends, like you're that's why you have a job, and you're like we'll feed you at home. But if you want to go to you know a place with your friends, you're buying the food, and so just in, at that point being more like oh like so what do you what's like what do you tip like and learning like back in you know we're talking like the early two thousands like fifteen percent was kind of. You know, that was a, considered a good tip. But now I feel like it's like 20% is pretty much the standard. I always, well, around that same time, because we're not that far apart in age, but yeah. I always heard uh, double the tax. Okay. That was a, sort of a like a, a base, a baseline, right? Gotcha. But um, I, I picked our dogs up from the groomers today and tipped 20%. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like that's pretty standard. And especially now, man, especially right now, like, I hope this is a big time, like people awakening for like what it is for service industry people. And just there's a, in, in Jersey city, they just made a thing that, um, I didn't read the full, I'm really bad at this. I'm usually, I'm like quoting something and it's like quoting the headline or the first paragraph of an article, but I know it's like they made some kind of law that as far as, cause all these Uber eats and Grubhub, they're charging these places so much money yeah to be part of like their website and so i think they made it only they could only charge up to like 10 percent of what the uh food you're ordering is or whatever we got it but it was like but it was, way, it was maybe more than that yeah yeah we got a postmates delivery and it was outrageous and i know like like the i mean they mark everything up like yeah. i get that but you know it's it's hard when like you're ordering we ordered like it was my birthday is what it was. It was, it was April, beginning of April. And we, my wife was like, Hey, do you, do you want to order breakfast? I'm like, yeah, it sounds great. So we ordered from two places because we were going to get pancakes and stuff from IHOP, but then they didn't, okay. they didn't have the stuff that she wanted and she tried to make a substitute. And then it like canceled the order. And it was like, so it just had my order. So she ordered a breakfast burrito from another place. We had two orders coming in okay. and, it was like pancakes and some sides and a breakfast burrito. And it ended up being like $120. <laughs> it's like Jesus. Yeah. Something crazy like that. Maybe I'm slightly exaggerating, but you know, no, no, but that's, and that's the thing. Like, you know, and so, like, especially during quarantine, like there's been a few times that I'm like, oh, I just, you know, want like a, I don't know, just want something that I don't, I don't have the uh, accoutrements that of. And, mm-hmm. but then I'm like, and I'm like, ah, I'm comfortable. I'm home. Let me just order it. But then I start seeing like, you know, on Uber eats or whatever, just all the extra stuff at the end, all the, all the charges. I'm like, I'm not paying $25 for, you know, like 
something that would normally be almost like twelve, thirteen dollars. Like yeah. it's just not, you know. It's crazy. No, like I'd just rather like rather go know, to Bennigan's. <laughs> <laughs> Buy one, get one free. We can get into what each of these, I guess, as far as character arcs go. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is he learns, oh, I guess I can wait one more week for a girl to be uh, of legal age. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dean quits his job. Mitch Mitch finally stands up to everybody at the end and, and goats them. That's where you, you pull the full. Actually, again, it's very weird. The clerks, too, to this because Jay does the full Buffalo Bill uh, move in uh, in Clerks too, while like Goodbye Horses by Q Lazarus. Oh is playing, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like uh, and tucks it, you know, tucks the male anatomy between the two legs, and that's what the goat is. Right. So uh, Mitch goats everybody, and and gain, and then then gains the respect of Monty, which you know. I mean, haven't we all been there? <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna get into it, but maybe yeah. <laughs> no, I was gonna say about uh, Dean was Justin Long, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like, like he, he, that's him. Like almost in every, like he's great. He's always solid. He's very mellow in this movie. I love it. Like to go to another Kevin Smith film. I mean, it's more of a glorified cameo in it, but in, uh, Zach and Mary make a porno. Oh yeah. And he's like, he's Brandon Routh's partner at, uh, at the, um, high school reunion at the beginning of the movie. Um, the main catalyst for the, the for the for the plot of that movie, but he's just I love when he's like an over the top character because he can go there. But this he's yeah. very he's like you know he's the straight edge guy for the most part. Yeah. Well, you mentioned undeclared, and he that was he was in undeclared too, right? No. Oh no 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 no. He was in the. Um, I'm sorry. It no, was you're. Yeah, he's in that movie. The movie the, where he's like starts a fake college, right? Accepted. Yes. That like Lewis Black is in. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was, that was funny. I, I feel like he's he's always good. There's a, I've never seen him where I'm like, oh man, <laughs> he's he's always funny. He's yeah, always funny. Yeah. yeah. At at the end of the day, what, what what are we thinking of waiting? Are we are we still are we recommending it to people? Or yeah, I think it's definitely it's definitely uh, rewatchable, and um, I wouldn't recommend the sequel. Still waiting. I don't think I ever saw that. Although I mean, I do love that actor. That um, you know, he's in. Uh, why am I totally blanking on his name? But he's in the breakup. He plays Jennifer Aniston's brother, and then he's in like a Mighty Wind. So uh, he's the ma- he's the manager in Still Waiting. Yeah, I'm totally blanking on his name. It's okay. We don't have to. Yeah, uh, we can Google it. <laughs> Put it in the show notes. Um... <laughs> Yeah, no, that I think they, they've done that with like quite a few movies where they do like a, a sequel, but not the same people. Like they did yeah. a Van Wilder sequel, but with not Ryan Reynolds. And like, it's just never yeah. as good. Yeah, I think The Still Waiting was also direct to DVD, I think. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, probably. Probably. No, I think I think I think Waiting is is great. I think that, you know, if you have any kind of uh, PC issues and you're you're not um, comfortable with the jokes that may not go over so well in today's climate, then maybe hold off. But uh, yeah, if you but if you, I mean again, kind of I mean it's not me defending it, but it's like in the time of like Clerks too. I don't think they're they're not being said in the movie in like in a it's malicious not derogatory. Way. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It, 
yeah i think i think everyone's just, a little sensitive right now it's just <laughs> what the comedy and what words were like you know considered fine at the time yeah and things change you yeah. know but yeah no i think i think it's definitely up there i think it's on netflix isn't it um no i think i watched it on i think i had to rent it on amazon oh, okay yeah yeah it couldn't have been that much no <laughs> three bucks or something yeah but no it's definitely yeah it's definitely a movie that i feel like i mean let's face it, i like i said before i was watching it my roommate walked in and then he was like ah waiting like you know like i feel like yeah. that's the reaction to it. it's like ah yeah that you know and a lot of people that worked in that kind of like atmosphere you know we're not talking michelin star restaurants we're talking about your chain rest your chilies your yeah all, you know all any those. of those yeah, yeah I, I think anyone that that works in a restaurant like that could relate and i think anyone that's worked in a restaurant like that has already seen it yeah you know? <laughs> uh well moving on let's talk a uh you gave me a list of some of your favorite movies so let's talk a, a famous food scene from a non like food uh centric movie mm-hmm. and uh let's talk swingers i'm a big one of the biggest reasons that this podcast exists is because of John Favreau's Chef. It's one of my all-time favorite awesome. movies. He's one of my um, favorite filmmakers. I just think he's a terrific storyteller. And uh, while he didn't direct Swingers, he did. You know, he did write it. Yeah. And um, and I've, so and, I've yeah. actually I've frequented uh, the coffee shop where uh, he's all grown up. That whole scene. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the, and he, that's where he actually wrote the script. And oh wow that's 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 a cool little like you know include to include that because it already has something special to it yeah yeah and it's it's um it's in hollywood it's at the bottom of a best western and okay. um it looks totally different now i mean not totally different. it still looks like a, a diner kind of kind of vibe but yeah he he wrote the script there and um like I said, I love looking up where like stuff was filmed and going to check it out, and that happens to be a place where you can also eat, so it's good. Yeah, that's no, that's definitely. I mean, as far you know, living living out in L.A., like that's definitely one of the cooler parts. By all means, you know, there's plenty of spots that you can be like, oh, they filmed that in New York. Like I'm sure if I didn't live right here and I visited, I would be much more like, oh, and then there's you know from that movie or whatever. But L.A., like when I was there, I was just like, like it just for having like not been there before yeah uh, it just all felt so familiar and it's just really i think just really cool in that way because i was a little like thrown back at first like i didn't know that the studios were in so many different neighborhows i almost expected like you're hollywood like a row like you, car dealerships yeah like yeah exactly or like <laughs> i don't know like when you're when you're going to orlando and you got all the theme parks by one another you're like ah the studios will be like right but it's like no one's in culver city and one's in you know all, yeah like yeah, they're all over the place and so you know but then you walk down hollywood boulevard and you're looking at the stars and then but then you're realizing like oh yeah there's a chinese theater and there's that place where they shot that and like yeah. that's that's that that's the magic of like i feel like visiting if you're into films if you're into movies visiting la even tv so shows too oh tv shows too yeah yeah for sure yeah um but yeah go ahead sorry i no, went no, off no, on a tangent uh, no uh so as far as swingers like why is it one of your why is it one of your favorites i mean it's a fantastic film you know obviously um i remember my mom had it like on vhs and it was the the cover with vince vaughn holding the martini glass and the matchbook 
And I, as a kid, like I had no idea. I was like, oh, that looks interesting. But she wouldn't let me watch it. So when I got older and uh, like I was in high school and uh, moved back to California, uh, I became really good friends with my buddy John. And that's also his favorite movie. And we totally bonded on that. And um, I think the the old Vegas, the um, the Rat Pack vibe, yeah, Sinatra, and all, yeah, yeah, all that. Like I'm I'm an old soul. Like I feel like I was kind of born in the wrong era. And if if I if I could, I would sort of go back to like you know the 40s and 50s and you know wear a tuxedo going out and stuff <laughs> like that. Like oh yeah, I love like that's the whole. Th- I always say like I love like things with a purpose like that's why i'm even like in kitchen culture i love something that is just so specific that you use it for like one said reason you know like right. a, a certain device. but then at the same time like i love in that realm you know just like in the 50s that's when i feel like like cocktails really started coming in and you just had mm-hmm. even like even like the tiki culture i love like specific tiki cups and stuff like yeah. that and then yeah. just going out and dressing up I mean, people used to go out and dress up to bowl you know <laughs> yeah yeah it's and it's weird now you go out and people wearing flip-flops and you yeah. know it's like <laughs> different time but um yeah. yeah i think i think i've always loved that that culture and i think that like uh vince vaughn and john favreau and like their friends are sort of clinging to that culture as well oh for sure but at the same time it does have like i mean of that era there was even like those kind of guys were hanging out and there was like this like swing music did come back at that time you know yeah brian sets like he's in the movie yeah 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 Yeah. um i i mean you might you might ask me but uh my favorite scene in that movie is the going to the party and they're caravanning and <laughs> like multiple times you're like yeah this place is dead anyways <laughs> i say that sometimes and nobody ever gets it like i i don't know I, that just always stuck with me it's a film after after you sent your list and i'm like oh i do want to talk like i want to talk a scene from this movie but i'm like i have to i haven't watched it like from start to finish in a in a while it's yeah. a definitely it's a movie that if i catch it on something i i just like watch it from said point that for I sure on, you know yeah but uh let's let's play that the the pancake scene and then we'll talk about that specifically ready to order yeah uh i'll have a coffee two uh two coffees and it says uh here breakfast anytime that's right i'll have the uh pancakes in the uh age of enlightenment and for you. Oh, um, so I have the, um, the toucan. Yeah, no reason. Be back with the coffee. All right, great. Nice, baby. Renaissance. I, should, I went over her head. I should have said Renaissance. Yeah, it's yeah. Age of Enlightenment. I, oh, God, like a, like a Las Vegas waitress is going to get an obscure French philosophical reference. It's like I'm trying to show off to her. And I, I may as well have just said, let me jump your ignorant bones. Mikey, don't even sweat her, all right? We're going to meet our honey soon, all right? You know that Christy's friend's going to be money. It's 22, we gotta get out of here. Baby, will you relax just for a minute here? Excuse me, we have oh, we're in a little bit of a hurry. Hang on, Voltaire. The, I mean, the dialogue in this film and just the witty banter, I, I love it between Jon Favreau and Vince Vaughn. Like, they just have, they're just, they were such good friends already at that point. I think they met on the set of Rudy, if I'm not mistaken, maybe even before then. I know they're definitely both in Rudy. Yeah. Um, 
but then and then after this they made uh made that was john favreau's first yeah you know i actually made a note of that because (laughs) (laughs) that was that was the only note that i had because when i I watched the scene i was like oh yeah i got to make sure to bring that up because uh that i feel was such an underrated movie it's so funny and it's just it's if you love swingers, you'll love that. Just their their chemistry is just so perfect. Like it really is, and that's in the movie I mentioned before with um, oh, we we didn't look up his name, but the guy that's then the manager and still waiting. But in the breakup, uh, John Favreau does not have a big part in it. I mean, it's definitely it's the Vince Vaughn Jennifer Aniston show. Yeah, but John Favreau plays you know his buddy in it. I mean, he's in the opening scene that they're at the. Uh, uh it's a game. cubs game yeah yeah but i love that john favreau is the white Sox fan he just and that movie is just very uh, menacing per se but i mean he even says like yeah you know like i'm a fucking tough polish guy or whatever you know he's got the <laughs> shaved head he's got the goatee i love it. he's wearing at one point it's the, like the cool it's just a club med t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> and then like he just there's this one scene where like you know after jennifer anson starts like seeing this one guy and john favreau's talking to vince vaughn and that's like their banter just comes back in and he's just like well you want me to you want me to take care of him and he's just like no 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 he's like yeah Say say louder. Make sure you know. Be be home. You know around around midnight. You know. It's like, it's just, but that's what you get in this film. And I love like the insecurity of John Favreau in Swingers. Is he just, is so lost. Yeah, so lost. And throwing that line of just like you know saying what in a, a, a age of enlightenment to the waitress. But then I love the whole you know ju- judging the assuming that comes with it and then she just comes back and says like hang on Voltaire you know like, yeah, she knows yeah. exactly what what he's talking about yeah but... <laughs> no that well that's the that's his whole thing throughout the movie like he's just so he's so uncomfortable and Vince Vaughn is so smooth and like yeah. it's funny cuz Vince Vince Vaughn is the Monty and like John Favreau is like that Calvin character that like can't talk to the younger girls or and is having yeah. problems yeah. peeing at work <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I think that uh, I think Vince Vaughn like that he sort of has a little bit of that character in every movie. For sure. Right? I mean, if there if there's a Ryan Reynolds type, there's a Vince Vaughn type. Yeah, they're almost and they are similar in a way because they are just that witty, but like Vince Vaughn has more of that like dry sarcastic, I guess. Right. Yeah, I hear I hear he's the complete opposite in real life though really yeah which i you hear a lot like comedians are very introverted um you know i met bill burr a couple years ago and he was like what the fuck yeah fucking bill burr yeah he's (laughs) that's my shitty bill burr (laughs) (laughs) not bad not bad um yeah he's very he's super um mellow a lot lot of these guys are but they they save it for the stage or for the screen or you know yeah that's what they put it all on the table at that point yeah yeah. yeah, you don't have to sense. be on all the time, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just love this diner and just the whole you know you like oh you got twenty four hour like all all day breakfast and it's like yeah yeah it's, I'm gonna get the pancakes. Yeah, the... <laughs> well, and and that scene too, like that's so that's like old Vegas, you know. That's yeah. like the booth. I love go. I love going to. Is that is that like Fremont Street, old Vegas? Or, yeah, Fremont Street. Yeah, yeah. I love going to that part. I do too. I, every time that we go down there, we always make it make it a point. Uh, there's a place called the Laundry Room that is like a speakeasy. 
that you have to oh, text cool. ahead of time and it's super cool like they have no menu you go in you tell them what you like and the guy will yeah. make you like a super cool cocktail um nice yeah but that's like that kind of vegas doesn't really have that anymore and so when you watch swingers it kind of takes you back or like yeah. f- fear and loathing kind of takes you back to that like i mean that's on a different level but you know <laughs> yeah, yeah i i've it's... had plenty of late nights uh at a at a diner mostly at denny's where i where i grew up where my buddies and i would uh kind of feel like we were in swingers you know oh for sure i mean like maybe not necessarily i felt like i was in swingers but i mean i'm you know being from jersey it's the land of diners and so like that was just always you know after if someone was sober enough to drive back you know, this is before the time of uber and everything like that you know if someone was sober enough to drive back it's like all right, let's stop at uh, let's stop at the diner, or even when there was, you know, like if we took a cab or once Uber was around or whatever, it's like yeah, drop us off at the diner and then you walk back from there or whatever. It's yeah. Like, okay. What's the most? What? Who lives closest to a diner or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> so, and they're all twenty four hours, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's, it's the best. Yeah. And you get and, and the, I would always be in the mood. pancakes were definitely a go to of mine. <laughs> late night late night pancakes just so, soak in everything that you've just been uh demonizing your body with all night long. That's the hour to do it. <laughs> well, last but not least, a little uh segment called Gut Instincts, so just whatever comes to you first when I ask you these questions. All right. Favorite fast food? McDonald's. Go-to alcoholic beverage? Whiskey or bourbon, good nice. bourbon. Straight on the rocks. Um, mostly straight or Manhattan. Favorite childhood snack. <sighs> Cheez-Its. Nice. Yeah. Sweet or savory. Uh, I I bounce kind of back and forth. It 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 comes in in waves. I I think <laughs> right right now it's sweet. I had a bunch okay. of red vines last night. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, there's some bad red rope licorice going on <laughs> in the crowd. <laughs> uh, favorite food city, domestic and international? Oh, man. Um, international, I haven't been too many places, but um, we my family goes to Mexico quite a bit. Oh, cool. And, That's one of the few places I haven't been. I want to go to Mexico City so bad. Oh, man. It, Mexico just has, especially we go to Cabo because we're on the West Coast. So uh, yeah. the best seafood ever. And we went deep sea fishing and caught a bunch of fish and then ate it a few hours later. And that was just like unbelievable. And domestic, I would, oh, man, I, don't, I, I would probably say San Francisco, bring it back home. Or yeah. actually, uh, it's a tie between that and Austin. Ooh, Austin! Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I love Austin barbecue. Yeah, Let's talk about some slow cooking. That uh, those those briskets at Franklin's. Yeah, Franklin's barbecue. That's it's it's next level. Unreal. I saw he's got a master class now, Aaron Franklin. I know. So I got a I got a year membership for my birthday. It's on my. Oh list. really? Yeah. Wow. I did the Gordon Ramsay one first. Oh, uh, that looked. You know that. Oh, so wait, you can do like. You can jump around, like if you can do a year, a year membership. Ma- it's unlo- to- yeah, do whatever you want. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was like a la carte. So that's cool. You can do a year membership and just like pick and choose during that year who you want to watch. Or yeah, yeah. So I did the Gordon Ramsay yeah. one, which was awesome. But a lot of the ingredients are like, like it was like scrambled eggs, 
elevated with uh, sea urchin and black truffle. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I have the eggs. <laughs> yeah. Before, like, before you start those videos, is there like a list of like ingredients? You, like, do they give you like a grocery list? Or yeah, something? there's a, there's a, re- <laughs> there's like a recipe book, but okay. the advice that I got was like, watch all of them first and then go back. So you're not that like, mean, yeah. So you're sure. not like trying to make it on the spot. Like, you yeah, that's, know. that's, that's smart. Yeah. But there's a lot of technique and stuff too involved. Um, but I'm trying to, I'm bringing it down to uh, something a little more attainable for, for the next one. So <laughs> that's cool. But yeah, Austin and, uh, and yeah, San Francisco. That's, I, I, I want to get back out there. I've only been once. I want to get back out there. I want to do more than continue up. I've never been to anywhere in uh, Oregon or, uh, or Washington state. So I want to go up and do like Portland and Seattle and yeah. just do a whole Pacific Northwest tour. Vancouver's um, cool too. Oh yeah, exactly. Might as well keep going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite cuisine? Italian. Yeah. Italian or, or uh, Asian, like Korean barbecue and. Uh, Ooh yeah! Oh yeah! I mean, come on, L.A. and Korean barbecue—that's just like. Yeah, I, I mean, I love experiment. I have like a bunch of gochujang in the fridge and miso and all that stuff. So I love messing around with that and. There's just so many different flavors and like ways to to make stuff. It's it's kind of endless. Definitely. Guilty pleasure food. Oh man, where where do I even begin? <laughs> um, I I think pizza and burgers are like my. I just I mean I could eat those every day. Yeah. Especially like yeah. Ju- just like swinging through McDonald's and grabbing like a McDouble or something. Like, oh yeah, exactly. Or that or so, some White Castle sliders. Uh, see, you're lucky. We don't have that out here. Oh yeah, yeah. You guys, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, you can buy them in the it, it, frozen aisle, but it's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're. I mean, I, obviously, you said it for favorite um, fast food before, but like McDonald's over In and Out because you guys are the land of In and Out. Yeah, you know, every time I drive by In and Out, it's a, like a crazy line, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. It's like. Starbucks, like I'm not gonna wait in line for Starbucks. Like, I have an Good espresso. Very, yeah. <laughs> Come on. Favorite condiment? Mustard. Mustard, yellow, brown, spicy. All of them. All of them. It depends on what I'm eating, though. Yeah, that makes a difference. Definitely. You know what? What's the uh, what's the last thing you ate? Last thing I ate was those tri-tip sliders. Nice. Which I broke my own rule. I was too hungry. I didn't take a photo. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's, you're in the moment. Yeah, I couldn't help it. I was excited to tell you about it, though. <laughs> <laughs> what would be your last meal? Um, last meal? Blue box mac and cheese. Wow. For, like, is that just very nostalgia? Or yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, funny enough, my wife and I found out that we both used to eat a like blue box with a glass of orange juice when we were kids. Ah, just yeah. wanted the very orange meal in front of you. Yeah, <laughs> for some reason. I just remember my mom would be out and I would just make myself mac and cheese and have a glass of orange juice. <laughs> she was doing the same and now we're married. So There you go. Yeah, you'd be, it would be your last meal and you'd start singing the blue box blues. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, you answered this earlier already, but I'll just have you say it. Dine in or dine out? In. What would be your spirit food? What food like best embodies like you, your personality? Pasta. 
pasta. Mm-hmm. You're going to the movies. Obviously, something we're not doing right now. But uh, you ha- you having any kind of snack? Popcorn and a cherry coke. Nice. Ooh, I like the like the cherry coke. Yeah. The, I I I remember like I was. I think the first time I had a cherry coke was like it was kind of later. It was like I was in like sixth grade or something. I'm like this is fantastic. But like now, it's just like even that much sweeter. I, I if I'm at you know, and you can do do it yourself. I do like half regular Coke, half yeah. cherry. <laughs> Your palate's changed. It has, yeah. yeah. Uh, and last but not least, uh, a great, or if not the greatest, lesson you've learned when it comes to food. Like we talked about earlier, keep it simple. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great and, one. And uh, don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> like, I'm, tr- I'm really trying. Like, I'm my own mm-hmm. worst critic. And if if something doesn't come out the way that I want it to, I am real, real quick to beat myself up about it. And you can't, you can't do that. You got to just like, all right, take, take notes, figure out what you did wrong. Do it yeah. again. It, you know, it, yeah, it's, it's cooking. It takes time. Like, unfortunately, sure. Like, are you going to then go through some ingredients and are you quote unquote, like wasting food as I do, you know, air quotes for that in, in some kind of way. But like, I mean, you're gonna have a, unless you burn completely, burn something or whatever. Like, you know, like it's still gonna it, be edible. Yeah, and you get to eat it. Yeah, and and then also, yeah, you just if you, if you keep it simple and then you just you know gradually go from there and you perfect something that's simpler and then you just keep going and I mean then you can start you know you can like you said even with those master classes the good great advice you got watch them all and then go back you know you just gotta but don't be afraid to experiment either. Yeah. Yeah, you know for sure. So. I'm all about like seeing like what textures go together and everything like that. I'm yeah, you were talking about that with uh with Evan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I think that's really cool, um, and that's something that I'm playing with too. And like, it it forces you to use ingredients that you wouldn't necessarily use. You know, sure, yeah. And also, you know, in the, in the time of quarantine, it's just like I'm looking in my cabinet, you know, instead of going out, I'm like, okay, what do I got here and what can, what, what's what going to be edible together? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of fun. It's it's, yeah. it's a blank canvas, right? Yeah, that's what, that, that, that's, that's what it's all about, I feel like, in the end of the day, just having that blank canvas and going for it. Yep. Well, uh, Dave, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Oh, this thank been, you, man. This is, this is you know, I, 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 I think I've said it on another episode, but I there's some pluses that I already see coming from what we're all experiencing. And one of them I feel like is social media is really going, you know, obviously there's still trolls out there. There's Mm -hmm. still like negative qualities to it, but I feel like at least the original idea, like the mission statement that of social media is bringing people together amplified. Yeah, exactly. And and we're, and we're, and we're seeing that now. Yeah. Uh, you know, look at, look at, look at us. We're across the country from one another and we're, I know I kept you up all night. It's 1142. My time. I kept you, you're, 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 you're a champ. You're on a already a hour and a half long podcast, but, uh, please right now tell the foodies out there where they can, you know, follow you. Obviously you're awesome. We really didn't talk about your podcast. So let's, you know, tell them about after hours right now. Um, so after hours is a show about people following their dream, pursuing their passion, um, beyond their nine to five. Um, we've done one season. We're gearing up to do a second season, the first season was really focusing on the people that we knew in our network and our friends and, and things like that. And um, 
next next season we're kind of venturing out into yeah, some it's people, that ripple effect yeah yeah and some people in the entertainment industry and you know some other chefs and and whatnot and um i plan on returning the favor and and bringing you on as well oh that would be awesome so, to quote to, to quote the character of bishop from the movie waiting we talked about it's about people finding their own penis games you know <laughs> and, and my buddy my buddy manny aka pakawaka uh, yeah. I think we both found ours, and it's called After Hours <laughs> on, on all your favorite that, uh, streaming platforms. That's your penis game. <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. That was better than your Bill Burr. <laughs> <laughs> f- yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not even going to try. Oh, God. Um, anyway, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're doing that. Um, we've got a – you can follow me on Instagram at DaveDBCD, and our uh, our pop-up is at Cave Kitchen. K with a cave. It's Katie and Dave. It's my wife. It's what our friends call us. And so we made that our moniker. Um, and yeah, I do video stuff too. So hit me up, send me a message and love to connect. Yeah. No, again, thank you so much. This has, this has been great. Uh, I really love your podcast, the episodes I've, I've listened so far. So it's just, it's just, it's very similar. I mean, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have you say the little wrap up line soon, but I feel like it falls under it, which is you know, there's more to cut, which means there's just more out there in life, and just that's what that's what your podcast is really you know showing the you know people yourself yourself included. It's just like you got your job, but then you've got your passion projects, and you know, in the end of the day, like doesn't everyone kind of hope and wish and you know dream of their passion projects becoming their main project, their main work? But uh, yeah. Exactly. It's yeah. So it's, it's, all, it's the balance. It's the balance. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about it. Awesome. Well, uh, so if you wouldn't mind telling the foodies out there that there's more to cut, there is more to cut. Awesome. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yummy, yummy, yummy. I got love in my tummy and I feel like I'm loving you. Love you such a sweet.